Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. No, we're not doing the Actors Theater James Lipton thing. I'm sorry. First of all, because there is an art form to that. Oh, that's true. And and quite frankly, um, although one of my favorite podcasts, uh, when they have the cast get together and do Q&As, they actually do um, uh, the Lipton lightning round. Oh, yeah. Where so basically they'll look at the one of the, the who's really rather good at it, will come up with this like, armor-piercing question that you're just sitting there going, what are they going to hit me with? What are they going to hit me with? Um, and while that could be fun, I, I, like I said, I, I, there's, a, there's a certain level of preparation one has to do with that. I think I need more time, sure, sure. honestly. Okay, so uh, <laughs> welcome everyone to the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, Mrs. Boss to hand me my little cheat sheet on, on my keyboard card here. Uh, no, my, yeah, somewhere over there because I forgot. And I put it, no, it's right, where did I put it? Well, on your left there, Mindy? No. It's, Is ah, that it there? There we go. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> Because I am probably go I am going to be engineering as well as uh, sure. sitting in the hot seat tonight. It is a little bit of a different topic this evening. Who are you? Where have you come from? That's Explain right. yourself, sir. It uh, it struck me a few weeks ago that uh, we have a number of new subscribers, mm -hmm. a number of new viewers. Sure. Uh, people Welcome, who. Welcome, by the way. Huh? I said welcome, yes. by the way. Yes, we do appreciate you being here. And I thought it would be a, a fairly good idea, especially now that we've had C2E2, mm -hmm. and we've got some people that are checking out the channel brand new from that, that we, we could take this opportunity to just kind of talk about where we've come from, where we've been, where we're going, and I, I'm putting Tim in the hot seat to kind of direct the, the conversation and figure out what it is that we're going to talk about because we're going to be talking about the, uh, the, the coffee is brewing. We're not going to be up late, but uh, right. the coffee's no. on its way. But I thought, I thought we'd take a, few, a, a little bit of time to just kind of talk about what we've got planned for 2020. You know the history of the site, the history of you know, the different shows that we've got, just to kind of do a little a state of the state, as it were, right. um, because you know what better way to celebrate my birthday than to talk about me, right? It's just day. <laughs> I know it is. It is just another day. Not today. Today is not my birthday. It's coming up. Tomorrow. But uh, yes. But anyway. So, so there we are. I thought we'd just kind of get into uh, who we are, what we do, why we do what we do, uh, 
So, and just for the record, despite the fact that I am the gray-haired one, he's actually older than I am. By a bit. Just so you know. Just a bit. Yeah, not by much. Not by uh, much. In fact, uh, <laughs> two months, really, is what it comes down it, to. Yeah, your birthday's in May. May yeah. yeah. Uh, end of May. So, well, I guess, oh, gosh, almost, almost three months because it's the end of May. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, obviously, I think one of the first things you do is when we're talking about... Uh, this website, what we've done, and, and everything that you've done with it. Um, we go back to the beginning. And how did, what caused you to say, you know what I want? I want to spend a significant chunk of my free time um, engineering. Well, it wasn't in those days, it was writing. It was those days, it was text. Um, what, what, you know, but there's, there's things that go in. Anytime you're running a, um, uh, any kind of, Project, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, whether it's uh, you know making a film or running a business or running a website or anytime you got to, there's so many different moving parts, right? Right. What made you want to go ahead and start and you know even just because they're going, I, I will, I want to make a website where we write about science fiction and stuff. Sure. Well, and that that kind of was where it started. Um, it was. February of 2009, and the Sci-Fi Channel had gone off the bloody rails. Yeah, basically, after 17 years, uh, under the leadership of Bonnie Hammer and Dave Stern, mm -hmm. they had decided, okay, we're going to change the format of the channel. We're going to change the branding. Yeah, and it was going to be Sci-Fi. Or Siffy, for those of you who didn't with, really care you know, for the with logo. The, the new time. spelling, the S Y F Y, and people blew a gasket online, and they didn't like it. And they, and at the time, if you remember, those of you who were around for for that, the Sci Fi Channel at that time was running wrestling programs, and Ghost Hunter programs, and reality shows. They and, derailed a whole bunch of their their original programming that they were doing, shows like Farscape had gone off the air. Stargate was gone, or uh, where I was on its way Yeah, out. and they were really just, in way, many ways, they were sabotaging their own brand. It was right. really and, and bizarre. It was bandied about that they were trying, a lot of people online were saying they were trying to be another USA network. Right, yeah. And funnily enough, you look at what sci-fi's decisions are now, leaning into the horror as opposed to the reality shows and the ghost hunter shows and the wrestling and all of that for back then they seem to be making those same kinds of decisions now to become another chiller or another uh shutter as opposed to being sci-fi i mean they're they're you know chucky is a new one uh that anthology you know and they were doing what was the other what was the you know uh Z Nation, and what oh, was the right. other one? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like well, uh, American about, Horror Story, but it's not. It's the other one. It's right. the, it's well, the, they're, it's they're the creepy pasta one. What was that? Uh, oh, was um, uh, yeah, um, Black House, Zero House, something, <clears throat> something. Yeah, uh, it, but, but lots of horror. Now. Well, yeah. And uh, and you actually had a story on Saturday of another one that they just picked right. Up. Yeah, they're looking at they're doing a um, a Romero dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and and although I will say that um, 
that really does not make up a significant chunk of their programming. But no, but the the announcements that they make. Oh sure. It's you know when they they make a big deal out of something. Well, it's, this and, is the and thing. also let me let me you know from a from a business standpoint. Uh, Horror is sometimes cheaper to make than original science fiction, which That's is true. which That's is because there's not uh, as much CG. Depending on what kind of story, story. that that doesn't necessarily make it a good plan. Right. On the other hand, it depends on what they're you know, sci sci-fi can have a big umbrella, and sci-fi horror is a thing. Yeah. That that certainly has a, a long run, but there's no where. With the Sci-Fi Channel, the best thing is to sit there and go, "Okay, well, let's just see what you do." Yeah, you 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 do because what sometimes you, do. you end up with some interesting programming. You do, and and at the time we had Eureka, we had mm -hmm. Warehouse Thirteen. Mm -hmm. um, what else was on the air? At Warehouse Thirteen was not science fiction as much as it was fantasy. True, but there were gadgets. Oh, sure. So yeah, but it was magic. It, it's a it's a it's a cross. Yeah, well, and, um, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Robert in the chat, do we freely choose to do what we do, or is it predetermined? Please, please clear that up in the next hour. <laughs> that is a very all right, Robert. I didn't want to. I didn't, I didn't want to have to do this this episode, <laughs> but I will. It's. Yes. All part of my evil plan. Bwahaha. Well, and the plan for the Sci-Fi Channel at the time mm -hmm. uh, really did not sit well with a lot of people. No, and uh, you look at all of, the, you know, all of the, the conversations that were going on in Facebook threads and bulletin boards. This is back when there were a lot of discussion boards and yeah, this is two thousand nine. Facebook old, was relatively new. Well, you had the old discussion thread yeah. on IO nine, sure. for example, mm -hmm. before they switched to the discus or whatever that right. thing's called. And <clears throat> a lot of the feedback was decidedly negative. Oh yeah, there was no. They question. thought it was a stupid name. It was a stupid brand. And the network had said at the time that the reason they were doing it was so they could do more in the way of licensing and merchandising and trademark and copyright protection and all this other stuff. Right. And then somebody did some digging at the Patent and Trademark Office, blank, 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 and found that NBC Universal had trademarked the Sci-Fi Channel. So they already had a trademark. They already owned that. And they let it lapse. So if I were a betting man, and if I were crazy enough to launch a rocket to see if the Earth is flat, I could probably go to the Patent and Trademark Office and trademark the Sci-Fi Channel as one of our slogans, because nobody owns it anymore. Right? Now, has nobody picked it up again? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. No, because because, because uh, it's you know sci-fi is the brand. Right. Now. And and never and never, folks, never ever discount the ability of a large corporation to make a really really dumb mistake. Yeah. Or I mean, individuals clearly. Oh yeah. We do it all yeah. the time. Sure. But, but even even with big huge legal teams and, and business models and all these different things. It's amazing how many people can sit there and go, we didn't do what? Yeah. We, we, well, we forgot to do what? Well, and, and the other part of that was um, 
this is before all of the streaming services. Right, yeah. Netflix was still a DVD rental place. The competing with Redbox. Well, competing competing think, with Blockbuster. Did yeah, well yeah, <laughs> Blockbuster was still a thing. And so, you know, the paradigm was completely different well, then than it was now. Yeah. And Uh-huh. Yeah. Stars. Stars. Okay. Star. <laughs> Is that a warm? Thank you for the coffee. All right. So so in the discussion threads, there was a lot of comments about, you know, I just want a network where I can watch science fiction. Right. Because sci- the Sci-Fi Channel started in Florida. It was a local network, kind of like you know Wayne's World. It was it was public access. It was the cable networks back in those days. Well, TBS, of course. Yeah, coming you, out, you, know. you have a local station, and it becomes a thing. Right. And uh, for seventeen years, the Sci Fi Channel was a thing, and eventually NBC Universal bought it, and it was a big cable channel. And that's you know cable was new, and oh, what's this? This Sci Fi Channel right. thing? Oh, they've got Star Wars. I'm in. Sold. Let's yeah. do it. And, of course, if you, if you flash back to a lot of this early days, this is also the time period where the History Channel was actually about history, where the Science Channel was actually about science, <laughs> yeah. where... A&E was about nature, art. Nature. Yeah. You know, all all these, these channels with these interesting names, the Learning Channel... Um, HGTV, all these, TV, Home and Garden, Television. These, these were actually. This was actually the subject matter. That's what they were. And this, is back, though, this is back when the Nashville Network existed. Right, was a thing. Well, and right? you know, or, or you have things like, uh, and and you had ni- these niche markets, right? You had these niche channels that were very, very specific. So you had sci-fi, you had a history channel, uh, BET, yeah, uh, which was not, um, and and well, MTV. I mean, you 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 go back, you further back, and you have these these things where they were, you know, VH1 was a, was an alternate to MTV, but it was the same kind of thing. It was a different set of programming, yeah. But it was, you know, it was the same model. It's just a different flavor. And you would see that where you basically, if you wanted, it's kind of like, well, it's like a radio channel. If you wanted to listen to country music or hip hop or classical or jazz or blues or whatever, you had this channel to go to. And it was like that with television. And in in the days when prior to streaming, which is exactly the model we're seeing now, mm-hmm. which is you mm-hmm. go to, you know, it's, it's the same model as the early days of cable. Yeah. And so you would sit there and go, okay. And so to have a sci-fi channel, a place where, and there really wasn't a horror channel in those days, but also horror wasn't... Well, horror wasn't a thing. Well, horror was a thing in the movies. Right, it was not... Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. But even then it was sort of a... It was still... And it was kind of, a, I'm not going to say a niche market, because clearly if you go look at the box office numbers, they're not necessarily great compared to today's numbers, but right. at the time a lot of them did were quite profitable and quite successful. But... You you would have the occasional show on TV, you know, and that would go back to things like Dark Shadows or The Outer Limits or The Twilight Zone, which would often go into horror as well as science fiction, um, Tales from the Crypt, but that was a little more comedy than straight horror, et cetera, et cetera. You you could find horror if you wanted it, just it wasn't didn't have yeah. the didn't have the heft that it has right now. Right, and and as as we're seeing sci-fi become the thing, and all the reaction and all the discussion, it's like oh, I just want a channel. This thought hit me in the back of my brain. Why does it have to be a cable channel? Right. 
because I thought this is an opportunity for somebody to come up with a new sci-fi channel. And then it hit me, why couldn't it be online? Why couldn't it be an internet channel? It doesn't have to be cable. Everybody's got the internet. You know, that's that's the thing now. You know, so I had this idea. I'm like, well, why not? So I put it out there. I was like, well, what if there was a channel that was kind of like a sci-fi channel, but it was on the internet? And people were like, sign me up. I'll, sh I'll watch it. Sure. And I thought, aha, I have an idea. Okay, so what's my brand? What are we going to call it? When you, what do you call it? Because then it has to have something that's... Yeah, yeah. So with everybody saying, I just want a science fiction channel. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, you have to establish this is a sci-fi channel. So sci-fi has to be in the name. Sure. And... Spelled correctly. Spelled correctly. And the idea that the channel is for the fans... Mm -hmm. Because the suits obviously don't get it. So it's not for them, it's for me. Well, tally-ho, there it is. Sci-fi for me. Right. Okay, cool. And then, of course, you put the little four in to be clever. And so the original idea was to have a website that was a combination television station, movie theater, community, community center where people, you know, the bulletin boards and the discussion threads, newspaper, magazine, radio station. Right. And that was, that was the idea. You take all of the different things that you'd find in a small town mm -hmm. and, you know, everything all under, under one roof. And so I got the site, you know, registered the URL and, and started in March of 2009. It was me. It was the computer. It was, we were in the basement. And, and that was it. And I was like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> um, and I knew that one of the things, you know, because I was looking at other blogs. It started, it essentially was a blog. Right. And I was looking at the other ones and I was thinking, okay, now how do I, how do I, what do I do next? How do I build this into something? Well, if I'm going to be media, if I'm going to be covering this as far as news goes, I need to be on media lists. So I started contacting networks. I started contacting the movie studios and getting on different lists. I think Warner Brothers was one of the first ones. Warner Brothers, Warner Home Entertainment mm -hmm. for the DVDs, the animated stuff. And as we're going, I'm investigating, okay, well, if I want to do, if I want to put movies on, how do I do that? Where do I go? Well, I need a library. I need, I need to license it. And I found a, a couple of different sources for very low-budget, low-rent B-movies, sure. you know, the last woman on Earth type of things. Mm -hmm. And turns out, in my investigation of those things, Dawn of the Dead, the original George Romero movie from the 1960s, is in the public domain. Yep. And I thought, ah, there's an opportunity. And I managed to get a hold of copies of H.G. Wells uh, um, not when worlds collide um, worlds end worlds oh oh heaven's oh. sakes um, uh, yeah that one yeah mm -hmm. so I have an H.G. Wells movie mm -hmm. I have Dawn of the Dead and I've got a couple of others that 
I managed. I now have digital files of them. Because, we should do a watch yeah. party. The, well, we we could. They're all in the public right. domain. I'm just saying we should. We should. And I thought, okay, okay well, why don't? This was the beginning of the library. Of right. course, I can't. I can't put it anywhere. Um, it wasn't World of the Worlds. Um, uh, at World's End. Oh, it was like 1953. It's black and white. Uh, I still have it somewhere, but I had them on. Uh, I managed to find them because the TV station where I was working had some of these in the library, and they were throwing them all out mm-hmm. because you know nobody nobody does anything on tape anymore. So I managed to get a hold of oh uh, three or four, digitize them. They're in a flash movie file format. That's how old these are. And I put them on the website in the library, and then I start okay. Well, if I've got a library. Because, you know, part of, you know, TV station, newspaper, library, all that. Well, Was it Things to Come? Things to Come, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So then we had... Uh, 1936. Yes. And I had that one, and I had Dawn of the Dead, and I had a couple of others. And then I started gathering books in the public domain. Mm-hmm. Because you've got uh, uh, the Gutenberg Project. Right. Yeah, Project Gutenberg which is a website that collects all of these things. And there's a ton of science fiction in that collection. And I thought, okay, sci-fi for me editions, why not? So I started downloading a bunch of different different famous science fiction novels and reformatting them and setting them up as PDFs. And I put them out and, and so they're on there. So I'm gradually starting to add things. And about a week after we after I launched the site, you had Planet Comic Con, mm-hmm. and this is back in the days when Planet Comic Con was small, sure, and not full of themselves, <laughs> and they, you know, it wasn't any big deal. I was like, hey, you know, I've just started this website. Could we come in and and shoot some video and do whatever? Oh yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, and they were very. It was it was much more relaxed and much more open back then because it was a smaller con, and you know who knows where it's going to go. Right. And so we came in, and Kevin Dilmore, and to the to the for the life of me, I cannot remember how we got connected back then. But Kevin Dilmore offered to do the interviews because mm-hmm. we were shooting them. Uh, and uh, he interviewed Aaron Gray. He interviewed Tom Kane. This is where we first met Tom. Mm-hmm. And interviewed Sarah Douglas and several other uh, creators. Um, uh, Dennis Hopeless and Kevin Mellon. Kevin is now a storyboard artist on Archer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dennis... Dennis is actually using his real last name now. Hopeless was a pen name at the time. And I can't I can't remember his his real name, but he's now using his real name at professionally, uh, and he's doing you know creator own stuff. He did some stuff at Marvel, you know. We've interviewed we interviewed Matt Fraction mm-hmm. and Carrie Callan and and all of these guys in this first one. And I thought, okay, we've got something here. And then it kind of settled, and Dayton Ward got me in touch with Tom Sharp down in Texas who started doing some movie reviews for me and and we were doing that and I had a, a friend of mine was was letting me use 
some of the space on his server for hosting. So I wasn't paying for hosting at the time. Right. And he had a friend of, a friend of his in New York who was a lawyer who was kind of giving me some advice on, you know, different things to set up and whatnot. And so that was the beginning of this. And that was where it started where, okay, we're going to take we're going to take this website and we're going to steal the sci fi channel's audience. That was the plan. And it didn't quite work out that way. Well, in fairness to things not working out the way you planned, very little of how 2009's landscape makes... Looking, looking down the line to 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. 2009, you sit there and go, wait, what? Yeah. What did we... What was the... How did the... What's out of business? Oh, yeah, right. Well, and... and What broke? (laughs) At the time, see, I didn't have... I had a couple of things going against me. Um, Well, I I had several things going against me, and the main one being I didn't have any money. That can get in the way. That was was an issue. And um, that plus, at the time... I was married to someone who wasn't all that enthusiastic about things, mm-hmm. and um, not to get into too much, the the domestic situation was not was not great, and so you know I'm I'm all over the place, and I'm doing this thing mainly to get a, to have an escape. But I also, at the time, I also saw potential in this. Sure. There's there's potential to actually do this kind of thing. You know, IO9 didn't even exist at the time. Sure. The Mary Sue hadn't come around yet. You know, there were all of these sites that we were here first. We were here before they were, you know, and the Nerdist didn't exist. Um, IO9 started, I think, just a few months after we did. Um but then, of course, you've got all of these sites that have money because right. they've got corporate, you know, corporate deep pockets, and and now studios own them, and, sure. and you know, Geek and Sundry. Well, is and there. you look at and you look at some of the things that, that you managed to accomplish, and and I think I think we want to be fair here that a lot of what you've managed to get done um, without having, um, you know, well, from times of there not being any money to no. being I've got a little money in my pocket, and uh, every now and again to oh. I could buy coffee for people. Yeah. I mean, and, and still managed to actually put out a site that while, you know, there, there are limitations with what you cannot do without money. There's a lot you can actually, turns out there's a lot we, you've been able to actually do without money. Yeah. And I think some of that is my own trying to get past my brain. Um, because I know for a long time, podcasts were just staring me in the face and I was thinking to myself okay how do we do this yeah but I think in all fairness to you again there uh, the podcast boom was is relatively recent all things considered it is and you also go back and you look at uh, the fact that and and this is this has not changed this is exactly the way it was when podcasts were new there is no model right for a successful podcast you ask in, um, the, one of the most popular podcasts on the planet, Welcome to Nightville. Okay, and it was one of the earlier ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the ones that just, I mean, it, it, a lot of the horror explosion 
I think, came out of the fact that a few years ago, shows like Welcome to Night Vale kind of wormed their way into this sudden new market and people sat there were listening to this stuff as well as watching it, which I think really kind of all worked together. But you ask those folks, you know, how, you know, you go, so Cecil, Cecil yeah. does interviews all the time, you know, he tours around the country with the show and, and he's, he's, you know, he's a, he's a working actor and so he has all these conversations with people and they ask him and, and the folks, the, the production team, how did, how did it, and they we don't know. All we did, we, we came up with this this odd little story, and we decided to tell it, and we amused ourselves, and suddenly we're like, and we're flying around the world to do a show in London because people want us here. Yeah, and I and I and for me, that's crazy uh, and cool. Well, and you know, and the other the other part of that is, you know, I have I have a you know, we both have a little theater mm -hmm. in our background. Sure, you have more than I do, but I one of the things that I had thought about early on was uh, doing something similar to what Leonard Nimoy and John Delancey did with right. Alien yeah. Voices. Because I'd done radio shows, I'd done an adaptation of The Lone Ranger for everyone's like, oh, like I can do this. This is this is something that I have I have a skill yeah. and I can bring that to the table. And what I lacked in money I had in time and talent and, and equipment and I you know I, we didn't have you know, a dozen cameras at the time, but I had a camera and I had a, my my professional side of things. What I was doing in my day job, I had the camera, I had the editing software, I had all of this stuff that I used for media production. Mm -hmm. I was like, why not put it here? I could do video. Right. And, but but the podcast eluded me for a long time because. I did, and I don't know why. Looking back on it, it's it's of course it's um, a I, I it's think, an aha. Well, I think in many ways that, that we were also seeing uh, a lot of the podcasts in the early days of really seemed to be um, there was a lot of attempts at fiction, and we were talking about doing fiction stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a discussion that never goes away. We we, we circle back around to it, um, and it's. Scheduling the right people at the right time is always a challenge, even if you have money. Oh yeah, you hear this all the time from the yeah. folks who are who are professionally producing uh, audio uh, podcasts of you know uh, doing. Uh, if they're scripted narrative, scripted, things, they're like yeah. you know, we're we work around people's schedules all the time. We recast yeah. because we suddenly lost a person on the second to last day before recording and you have no choice but to recast it. It's 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 yeah. a challenge for folks who are working with with reasonable budgets as well. Well, and and you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at all of the stuff that I have mm -hmm. access to and I had continued to nurture the connection with Tom and eventually was able to introduce my kid to Tom. Oh, you know, this is Lord Monkey Fist. And, you know, suddenly he's interesting because, you know. Uh, speaking of which, um, um, our friend Bree, uh, Slutterbell, the Every Fairy, yes. uh, is a fantastic personality, one of, the role that, one of the many roles that she plays. She's an actress. She emailed me and said, that, or messaged me on Facebook saying she ran into Tom. He's great and wonderful, and he still likes you. And I'm like, well, of course he still likes me. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, well, yeah, because I, I, I sent him an email with some more stuff for him to record. Because <laughs> we had done, uh, was he doing, he was doing liners for us before we did Randolph Carter. 
Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 So we had asked him. You know, I had asked him how much he would charge. In fact, I want to say that when we were recording some some of the he did some he did additional voice work aside from acting in Randolph Carter for us. He did additional voice work for us. Yeah. Uh, uh, spoiler alert: He's the voice of the otherworldly the other being. Thing, yes. Um, uh, but I believe at the time he was commenting that he had. Uh, he had not gotten a chance to record the stuff that you had just sent him. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, and that frequently happens yeah. because you know, it, busy guy. And, and, and you know, when I had first approached him to do this this sort of thing, I thought, oh, this would be so cool to have Tom Kane, you know, the voice of Yoda. Oh, I know and how it the was. voice of the Academy Awards I, at the time. Too. I know how it was. I know what I re I remember now because we were working on. Um, um, Star Wars in concert mm. was on tour, and this was in 2012, 13? I don't remember when it was. Um, well, of course, having been through Planet and ha having connections with the various different cosplayers, mm. you know, we were going to give away tickets to Star Wars in concert. Uh, hey, I have an idea... Excuse me, please. So I came up with this idea to get uh, members of the Star Wars cosplay community to do the promos. And uh, Amy dressed up in the Slave Leia costume. Mm -hmm. and we had Stormtroopers. And we had Darth Vader there. And we had Boba Fett and a, Jawa, a very tall Jawa. And we did these spots. And then I thought, you know what would be really cool is if we got Tom... To do because Clone Wars was on, right. we get Tom to do narrator voice for our spots. Oh, even better! What if we got what if we got Yoda? What if we got Yoda? <laughs> so I sent him. I said, "This this is probably a long shot, but here's what we're doing." Because it was an official capacity now. As you know, I'm a producer of the TV station. Right. Now. This is this is what we're doing. We're giving away these tickets. We're going to do this thing. Is there a chance? And he said, maybe. And he had to clear it with Lucasfilm first to let them know what was going sure, on. Sure. Because if he's using Yoda's voice, Yoda's voice needs to be in a you know in a used in an appropriate manner. Right, right. And so they. This Luca, is a Toy Fair theater. Yeah, Lu Lucasfilm signed off on it. They said it was okay. So we got promos with. The you know a Star Wars voice right yeah. doing the promos for the Star Wars in concert, and I think that was the beginning of it. And I said, oh, you know, I really appreciate it. I said, oh, no problem. And you know, just let me know if you need anything. And you know, whatever. And I was like, really? Okay. So that began our relationship with Tom. And so now we're doing video production. We've got Tom Kane doing our liners. I thought, okay, we're on a roll. And we're still trying to figure out where that role is taking us. Because you just never know. You just yeah. never know. Well, in the the movie idea, you know, being the movie theater, mm -hmm. that idea has kind of sat on the back, 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 back burner. Because when sure. I when I started looking into it, uh, the the movies are in the public domain. But you have to act, you have to pay for the copies to be made of the movies. So you have your library, whether they're on a 
you know, DVD or a digital sure. disc or a file format of some sort or whatever. And that, I think, was going to cost $1,500 at the time. And this was, you know, eight, nine years ago now. Who knows what it would be now? Sure. Um, and, you know, this is C-list movies. You know, Rock Hudson on a deserted island type films. You know, you know not even... not lower budget than the creature from the black lagoon i mean it's really ms32k movies yeah well that and 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 i was thinking you know b movie theater drive-in movie stuff yeah Yeah, we can do a shtick like like joe bob briggs does Mm -hmm. what's robert saying Tom's 1940s radio reporter voice sends chills up my spine so much fun to listen to (laughs) yes it is no kidding i know it's well and um narrator on Clone Wars is Mindy's favorite voice that Tom does. Mm. She just loves that one and it's yeah, it, okay. Um, but um, and that is it really does sound like I, th- I think he is kind of channeling Walter Winchell in that. I, I think so. Know, sure, yeah. uh, a little bit. Um, but yeah as, as, we, as we grew you know, we gathered together more volunteers a lot of them came from the Independent Filmmakers Coalition mm-hmm. because I was a part of that at the time you were there on the board I, I ended up on the board for a while um, that's where we got Maya and Dan right. and uh, Curtis uh, you know, a few others had, had come in and come out and we had all of these different had all these different ideas and then it hit me what we could do with podcasts the log jam kind of fell by the wayside when it hit me this is radio on delay right? Yeah. because that was the thing that was hanging me up it was like why would anybody how why would anybody do this how are how are people listening to this and then well, it's ra- and I started in radio. So, like, how could this be hard for me all of this time? Because, because it's of a course, different it's mindset. Simple. It is, and and I had to get get past it. So then, then we're like, okay, well, we're just creating MP3s. These are just files you download. Right, yeah. So we found the hosting spot, you know, podcast.com. It's free, um, with all the limitations that comes with it, because anything that you want to do that's really top shelf as far as hosting or um, you know production or any of that stuff it costs money now to be to be to be fair to places like podcast.com for a certain value there there's what they provide for free is yeah. relatively useful I mean it's not there well, and and they do seem to be a little more stable nowadays there were, than they were. Fairly early on, we would run into problems where we'd have things, just weird things happen. We, and we've had, a, there have been a couple of times when we've seen it happen again, but most we've of the had, time it's been fine. Lately. I think in the first couple of years, we've had shows entirely disappear. Yeah. I mean, it was, there was one, there was one point, and there's been, this happened several times early on, when we couldn't log in. Yeah. At all. And when we did log in, everything was gone. Or there was only two shows, and, and there's supposed to be 40 of them there. Well, where is everything? You know, where did it all go? 
or we couldn't upload. You know, mm -hmm. you get some sort of an error. And most of that seems to have gone away. It does it's, seem and, to and be And there's been several stable. years. I mean, uh, yeah, to be, to be in, all, in all fairness. Of, and the thing is, is that you can use something like podcast.com. You can then have it go out to YouTube and these other places. Right. Well, it's, it filters out. and you've It's got your core the, the platform feed. that things lead on and they yeah, can go and, out and look. And it goes, to you, it goes to iTunes. Sure. And that was where I'm we sorry, were doing iTunes, we, right. uh, iTunes. And then um, uh, Double Twist and Stitcher. And so we were fine. I was like, well, where are all these? What are what are people used to listen to podcasts? What is this? I'm looking at podcast players. The, the last 11 years has been a process of making it up as I go and learning on the fly sure as I'm making it up as I go because the 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 medium keeps changing yeah um, and I mean while yes you can go to you know the the website is a website you go to the website you do the thing that's Shockingly, that stayed pretty stable since the internet, uh, since websites came along. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, there's been variations on the theme, but for the most part, it's you know nothing. I mean, there's certain limitations yeah. that they had. That someone's going to figure out how to how to go beyond them. But um, in terms of how people are consuming their content, how they're get where they're getting their content from, and of course, we've talked about. God knows, we people have heard of us talk about it enough. The way that you know. Three network channels, PBS, suddenly the internet, et cetera, et cetera. The second explosion was from going from here's all of these different cable channels to right. suddenly the internet is a whole new place. And maybe you had, let's say you had 100 cable channels, which is bizarre, you know, a lot more than that existed. But now you've got. 10,000 yeah. cable channels. Well, and the other part of that was that, you know, we had to switch at at one point, I think it was in 2010, where the hosting had to change. Um, because my my free place where I was parked was about to go away. Right. So I was like, okay, well now what do I do? And so I'm looking for other things because I still don't have any money at the time and it was it, at that time it was still just me and Tom was every now and then uh, Tom Sharp was doing some reviews every now and again so it was that was it and I was like okay well now what uh, found the WordPress stuff and so okay we'll put we'll put we'll put the site on WordPress because it's free yeah that's that and that's the thing that drives a lot of the creative decisions that we've made can we afford to do it right what's it going to cost how, how, what what resources does it take to do this thing that we want to do? Because shockingly, folks, he doesn't pay me. I, I, I well, okay, I'm still coffee. trying. I, I give you coffee. Yeah, and I gave you brownies once. Yeah, we made I, brownies I believe, one I time. There was pizzas. Yeah. yeah, and there's been pizza, oh. Oreos. Hmm? Yeah. So you know, and uh, from I, time to time, he's been known to throw sugar at us. There's cherry pie upstairs. <laughs> um, so. Folks, we'll be back after the. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. Um, well, in and doing all of this, you know, because from from the organizational standpoint, I don't have a salesperson. Right. I don't have a promotions person. I don't have an IT guy. You know, I, you know, I am, I'm learning all of this. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
Fortunately, the WordPress stuff was fairly intuitive, and, and you know it's user friendly. It's supposed to be. It's designed to be that way. So built the site November of 2010. Sci-Fi for Me 2.0, as I call it, launched, and we're in the new site. And um, suddenly we've you know, we're starting to get a little traffic. Okay, now as this has grown. And we brought on more people and you know we've got articles and we've got reviews right. we started doing podcasts and things started to grow a little bit more it's still sitting in the back of my mind i still really want to do the movies you know that's still back there and i right. we haven't been able to do it yet and um robert says i'd kill a man for the proper amount of pizza and oreos i Okay, while I'm a huge fan of pizza and Oreos, I would not I would not recommend homicide as a way to acquire these. Maybe in Venezuela. I'm just saying but, that this is a this is a play a a a <laughs> choice that I would I would hold off on. I'm actually surprised that YouTube didn't hold that comment. I'm would like to because, think that See, that's that's the, the other thing. Well, because in the midst of all of this, Hyperbole. in in well, <laughs> funnily enough, um, there have been times when when I've run into because sci-fi for me is such a unique thing brand. We I signed up for you know signed up for the social media. We got the Facebook page, got the Twitter, you know, got the Pinterest, and I went to go sign up for YouTube. And somebody had that name. What? Okay. So I went and look, and there's nothing on it. It's just parked. Yeah. And it was forever. And we find I I and you know, of course YouTube is notorious for not having any way that you can get in contact. Right. With right. Them. There's no phone number. There's no email. There's no customer service department. There's no tech support. There's nothing. There's nothing. And I finally managed to get in contact somehow. I have even I, I can't even remember how I did it. I was like, this look, this channel here is nothing. There's nothing here. How how do we shake it loose that I can use it? And I said, Well, you need to establish that it's your brand. I was like, okay, here's my website. We've been around for this, this long. And it took a couple of months, but they finally shook sci-fi for me loose so I could use it on YouTube. Well, then I had to go do the same thing on Instagram because there's this lady who's a Jehovah's Witness who sub somehow has sci-fi for me hey. as her thing. What does one have to do with the other? And it was a dead channel. Mm -hmm. She hadn't posted anything on it in a long time. Instagram's got a lot of those. Instagram's got a lot of those. So I finally managed to get in there. This is back before Facebook owned it. I finally managed to get Instagram to to close that so I could do it. She's popped back up on Instagram using sci-fi for me again with a couple of things at the end because, you know, now she's like, well, somehow I lost my channel, my original channel. I was like, well, you weren't doing anything with it and it doesn't have anything to do with what you do. I mean, I, I don't get this. I'm still trying to figure out where sci-fi for me comes into Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, so it makes it somewhere. It makes sense to her. I don't know. Diana, if you can explain it to me, I'll give you five minutes. But it was a, it was a weirdest thing. 
And uh. so, you know, it's, it's been one of those things where it's just kind of, kind of grown organically. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't much of a, I mean, there was always the original plan, you know, but resources being limited the way they were and people come and go and it's all volunteer, which means, you know, I'm at the mercy of who's available to do whatever it is they're interested in doing. And so it's, we've, we've grown by fits and starts and we've had some good, good programming. We've had some good shows that we've posted on YouTube. I'm, I'm especially proud of Comic Con Carney. Um, and I would love to bring that one back. This show has been going for seven years now. We're in our seventh. We're 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 past. Seven well, years. aside from a gap, there was a gap. Yes, and the and there the what five six episodes where you abandoned me. <laughs> I went back, and this is so. This is a little funny. Little there were eight episodes. Funny little. Were there six? Eight. I don't, I don't think there were eight. Um, funny little aside. Um, I actually went back and listened to. Just I put them in the background while I was working. Yeah, uh, I was like, I don't think I've ever actually listened to myself, just by myself. <laughs> and unfortunately, because I do this uh, when we record the the various, you know, wouldn't record Zompocalypse now, Dustin. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, you find yourself, depending on the day, you're editing, going. I say um too many times. I got to cut those out. <laughs> And there are other times you just don't care. Yeah, You're right. Like, oh, yep, screw it. Right. Um, I can't. I, I can't even be bothered to go through because Dustin and I both um really bad. Yeah, you do. And <laughs> sometimes you sit there and go, well, you know, just this is just how we talk. And people, people who are listening to a podcast, a lot of times they're listening for the people who are doing you know, whatever it is. And so you sort of accept that, and you also recognize that this is how people talk. If you cut all the ums and ers and all those things. It doesn't actually sound like human beings having a real conversation. I remember when we were recording, and I don't even remember which one it was, there was an episode where, I don't know, two or three people, you were one of them, were the, uh, um, uh, and I, and I cut them. Mm-hmm. And I went, and I went, went through and I trimmed you know, because that's what you do with a podcast. You want it to, you know, to flow and sure, sure. right, yeah. And you couldn't tell that it was all cut out, right? Yeah. You oh, know, because I'm good at that. And I went back and I looked at all of the little, at all the cuts, and there's probably a good 100, 150. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm not doing that again. No, uh, no. Um, no. But yeah, that's it's one of those things. Where like, it's an evolving process where. How much post production do you do? These days, the only stuff that I really cut out of its Apocalypse Now podcast is that point where, because you're talking to each other, because Dustin is in Texas and I'm here mm-hmm. in Kansas City, so we have times when we're talking to each other, and it's much easier for say you and I to be having a conversation. And if one of us hits the end of a thought, and the other one can sit there, and you you can see my face in a way that even though Dustin and I are looking at the other through a camera, right. It doesn't have the same kind of. I mean, you'll pick up that I'm like I've hit a dry spell or whatever. Yeah, and there's it's a it's delay, harder. There's it, a delay online. It's harder yeah. to do that online, even even with a great internet connection. And so, there's you know, every now and again you'll have this like, da da, pause. Mm. Right, and yes. and then so you can. I mean, you can literally chop out maybe a minute 
just by going through that. But yeah, we've, we're past the point. But listening to myself and and listening to the Tim Harvey show. Good God. Um, it sounds much better than the Jason Hunt show. It flows better. Well, and the be, reason for that is the is where the syllables are. I mean, it. I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hate. It. The problem was is that every episode was there was that right at that period where every <laughs> every week we were getting some new story about people being awful. Oh yeah, and it was oh, yeah. just like. <laughs> and you could, well, you could and, hear my frustration about four episodes in going, I yeah. did not want to have the conversation about this actor being and, awful. And that was one of the reasons why I had decided to back away a little bit because at the time, uh, was I was I already... I was divorced by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was already a thing. And then, you know, work... Work was not going well. This this whole project, this site was not going well because we weren't getting any traffic. We weren't getting any any views on the videos. We were all just kind of sitting there, spinning our wheels. And every year, I had the same conversation with everybody. It was like, what? We're not we're not growing. We're not doing. We're not successful. We're not doing anything. And ultimately, the goal has always been to get us to the point where we're making money that I can pay people. I want to, I want to, it sounds corny, but I want to create jobs with this. Um, so in 2018, we went away. I just decided, okay, that's it. We're done. We're just going to kind of just fold it up because nobody's paying any attention to us anyway. And I was incredibly incredibly frustrated at the time because we had done Worldcon. We had broadcast live from Worldcon and I had I had Walter Day look at us yeah. and say this is a game changer. And I thought, well, of course it is. Let's do this. But I didn't have the resources at the right. time to pursue that and start getting in into hey, we just did Worldcon. Let us come out and do yours. Let us come out and do your event. Let us come out and do your event. I dropped the ball. And well, no, was, I, I think well, I, you know, I, I did it, because well, I didn't, I didn't pursue that because I knew we couldn't do it. Well, okay, that's not the same thing as dropping the ball. That's the same thing as I mean. You know, well, I didn't even, I didn't even explore the possibility. If you had the financing to do it and you didn't, that would be dropping the ball. And and and, you know, there's a a, a great comment there. You see that? Yeah, I yes, Thomas Thomas, who now hosts his own podcast. He started out as a host, and I don't, Thomas, you'll have to remind me. I don't know how we got connected, but Thomas was hosting Triple Bites for a while, mm-hmm. and then we all, we shut the whole thing down. We went away, and then Thomas launched his own podcast. Now, I, I do want to sit tonight. there and say that when when you decided that this was we were going to we sci fi for me was going to go away, um, you will recall that one of the things that I said was we should keep H two O around. We should keep yes, H two O around. And and the reason for that is that if you've listened to the show before, you are aware that Jason and I see the world in different ways. We don't agree on every little thing. Little we bit. have we come we come at things from different angles. And one of the things that we found that we enjoyed, despite that fact, and I think that the larger world could pay attention to this sort of concept, is that even though we don't agree on a lot of things. There's things that we enjoy together. 
there's things that there's con you know the, there's science fiction and fantasy and and more horror from even horror science fiction you know yes. some of that stuff we have a we have a, we have a place to talk, to talk about these things and well and we would do that after IFC meetings. after IFC meetings yeah, we talk about some we film we just go, watched yeah, and it's we, there, or TV shows yeah. well the other thing is is that both you and I have a tendency to not be social <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We are look the look the the fact that Jason is in fact married again again to a real human person. Yes. Who is as sociable. Well, as far as we know, she's real and human. I'm not gonna comment on that. Um as much as she's broken that's as true. many times as as we've broken her, yeah. Hmm. It's, it's, okay. yeah. But but even so I mean and considering how social that she can be. Um, oh, she's polar opposite of me. Right, and and yeah. so, the, but the thing is, is that is that at the time, um, uh, I mean, there's there's all these different ways that that Jason and I can both be very very introverted, and so at the time it was just like it's just one more thing. I mean, we if nothing else. We should be we should be doing this. We should be doing this podcast so we can keep talking and we can have this thing because you know it, there's it's, it, there's benefits aside from actually putting something out in the world. There's there's personal benefits to it. Yeah, and he's um, like, I don't want to do it anymore. And so the Tim Harvey show was around for a little while. Yeah, and and some of that was fueled by frustration. Some of it was depression. Sure. Oh yeah. Um, and. As many times as we had conversations about doing it just for the fun of doing it, just for the sake of doing it, that that original, I want Sci-Fi Channel's audience. Right. I want to be, could have been a contender, you know, that kind of thing. I, sure. I wanted to challenge the space. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a disruptor in the space because when we started, nobody was doing it. Yeah. All of these streaming channels didn't exist. We had the idea before anybody else did. Um, Thomas was talking in the chat. He was. He, we met at Planet Comic Con, and and he was commenting on a bunch of different things. And I invited him in. He'd also like and, to let you pay him. I, I, you know, <laughs> I would love to pay everybody. Uh huh. Um, and you know, I've reached out to advertising agencies. I've reached out to businesses. I have, I've put it out on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, we got this thing here. This is what we do. And this is what we're good at. And we are good at this. You know, for all of my self-effacing, you know, I just kind of keep to myself and do anything. We are good at this. And one of the reasons why I've gotten so frustrated so many times over the years is that the team has so much talent. The people who have contributed to this site have done so just given of their time and everybody has something to contribute. And what they contribute has value. And I keep sitting there saying, people should see this. People should see what these what these people are writing, what these people are saying in the in the podcast and what they're saying on the shows. This deserves an audience. And every time I turn around, I'm hitting a wall trying to figure out how we get that audience. It's it is kind of a numbers game, you know, yes, like, subscribe, share the channel, all of that. 
But at the same time, you know, word of mouth is not enough. You have right. to you pay. But then, you know, I'd buy an ad on Facebook and it wouldn't go anywhere. I bought an ad in Atlanta during Dragon Con. Didn't do anything. You know, and I'm like, every time I turn around, I try something and it's the, we're not growing our audience. Now, lately, it's been, it's been incrementally going up since Star Wars Celebration, especially. Mm -hmm. Because the first day of Star Wars Celebration, we killed it. Yeah. Because nobody was streaming. And we had the audio. We had the eyeballs. I think it was something like 7,000. Which is great. Yeah. Until Friday. When Star Wars started streaming. Right. And that leads me to C2E2 this, this year. Because C2E2 this year went much better than last year. Last year was the first time that we had gone to C2E2. And... And when we came back, I'll, well, I'll, I'll skip back to that here in a minute, but when we came back, one of the things that we had talked about doing was more events. Yeah. You know, all right, we really want to get aggressive and lean into covering events as much as possible and doing the live streams and getting out there. So last year, I got, to, we, I got passes to C2E2. What was that? <laughs> all right. Tom, uh, uh, this is Robert in the chat. Says earlier, earlier tonight, yep. I signed up to a monthly purchase from superhero stuff using the sci fi for me code. Perhaps my sock drawer and your finances can grow together. May not. I, I'm totally on board with that. Um, we would actually like you to have a really large sock drawer, yes. Um, uh, so yes, and and you know, shirts in the closet that that's a good fit too, sure. You know, t shirt, mm -hmm. they just actually, I got an email. And let me knock my microphone over. I got an email today for uh, new merch that they had just uh, released. A um, couple of beanie hat, you know, stocking caps sure, and uh -huh. t-shirts and, and some more socks. Uh, so, yeah. So, Robert, you should be well stocked by the end of the year. Um, but you know, and that socks was, turns out to be a thing. Did you? Well, and that was <laughs> another thing because, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, well, how do we get... There are different sites that we go to, like superhero stuff, right. and there's this become an affiliate. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's this? So you know we negotiate with you know there are a couple of services out there. So if you see ads on our site, you know affiliate marketing basically is I put an ad for like say Hilton. Right. Now. You know we have we have an affiliate marketing relationship with Hilton, so we put an ad on Hilton on our site. If you click that ad, there's a there's a specific piece of the code that says where this click came right. from. Sure. And if you buy the product from that ad, GameStop, Funko Pop, Pozu, any of those. Sure. If you click on the ad and you go in there and you make a purchase, we get a percentage. Mm -hmm. Superhero stuff the same way. You know, if you, you get a ten percent discount, we get ten percent of the of the sale. Right, right. So it works off of commission basis. But see, the thing about it is, that nobody clicks any of the of the ads because who clicks the ads? Because everybody's got ad blockers on, right? Right. So there's all of that. So it's every single thing. I was like, why isn't anything working? But. We got to C2E2 this year. 
and have have had conversations. And the streaming worked. The streaming did work. Yes, uh, it was. It was. <sighs> I don't know. I didn't do any different anything different this year than last, last year. Last year, for those of you who, um, it's still on the channel. You could watch it. Yeah, it's a mess. Um, so, and admittedly, it was one of the first times I was doing engineering mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. here. It might have been the first time. I might have been. Yeah. And, but we had a checklist. Jason had gone through and said, "This is how you do it." And we went in, and every single thing was set up the way it was supposed to be set up. It was on the way it was supposed to be on. Everything was lined up the way it was supposed to be lined up, and it just wouldn't cooperate. Right. And it was so I mean, we rebooted and rebooted and I, just did all the things, yeah. and it was just like, I mean, I was sitting here just going, <laughs> this is, why won't this work? Well, and and <laughs> we were not here in this studio at the time. Right, yeah, at the old We place. were at my old my old duplex. This was back before, before I got married. And... Mindy was supposed to go with me, mm -hmm. and she got sick. Yeah. She got a some sort of a virus. I have absolutely no idea what, what happened, but it was just like that norovirus, I think is what it was. Mm. And um, so she's down, so I go by myself, mm -hmm. and I have, you know, so now... Okay, I can't do anything that I was going to do because right. I don't have I don't have an extra pair of hands right. to hold the camera, so I can't shoot interviews. I can't. Okay, now what do I do? So I've got the selfie stick, mm -hmm. and I I bought a little clip to hold the phone right, on yeah. the selfie stick, and I've got the the and I've got my wireless microphone plugged into my phone, mm -hmm. and I've got my wireless microphone, and I'm talking to people. Not knowing any of it all at the time that the wireless microphone was not putting sound into the phone. Yeah. Because it takes a certain type of plug. Because when you plug into the phone, you've got to have... There's, there's two types of those 8-inch mini plugs. If you look at them, there's three different types. You look at them, they've got those little black bands around them. Yeah, right. Well... Turns out, and I should have known this because I started in radio. I should know these things. I have forgotten so much of how to do all of this stuff just because I'm old and my brain doesn't retain things anymore. I don't think things through. So you get these, you get these, these bands that are on the, on the thing, and a single band, a single band is mono audio and you get two of them and that's stereo well the ones with three bands are the ones that you'd find on a computer headset that's both earphones and a microphone right so that third band is for the microphone well my plugs didn't have three bands they only had two so i didn't have the microphone plugged in so i get home and i'm looking at all this and i was like oh so that was last year. That was last year. We will not dwell. No. It was a learning experience. <laughs> but oddly enough, it was weird because, uh, you know, after, after I'd had a chance to calm down and breathe a little bit, okay, what can I learn? Yeah, I'm, I'm, because when we came, excuse me, when we came back, one of the things that I, uh, that I had put in all of the notes was abort or pivot. That 
at along the way when we brought all of this back when we started doing something we would have what these what i call abort or pivot points is this working if it is great keep doing it if it's not then we decide okay do we stop or do we make some changes what's what do we learn from this that we can use and then we decide to continue forward or not well the abort or pivot out of c2e2 was okay we can't use the wireless mic in the in the cell phone how do we do this how do we work it off and when when we did plan it in 2016 mm-hmm. one of the things that i had that i had that surprised me on sunday we did a round robin where many people were all over the event and we all used at that time, we were using Google Hangouts, right. mm-hmm. and everybody got on their phones. And Casey was over in games, and Jennifer was over in, our, you know, over in wherever, and Maya was in Artist Alley, and you know, everybody was in different places. So we could do the thing, you know, toss to the next person to the next right. person. And it struck me then that the audio quality on the inline microphones on earbuds that sounds pretty good. So when we went to Star Wars Celebration last year, that's what I did. I had I had earbuds and I had a mic, and McKenna and I walked around for four days doing that. And right. you know, here's this, and here's this. And when we talked to people, I just took this little teeny tiny little dinky mic mm-hmm. and held it up in front of people. I we looked probably probably looked ridiculous, but it worked, mm-hmm. and. As I'm doing this, I'm thinking, okay, this is another variation on the model. Right. Because we don't have a booth. We're not sitting somewhere with the cameras and the lights and stuff like we did at Worldcon or Planet. But it's still, we're covering the event. We're streaming from the event. We're live here, and this is the thing. So now we've got two models Mm -hmm. for covering events. And it worked for C2E2. And I thought, okay, well... We need headsets. We get the headsets with the three bands on it, then I can I can do this. And so we did it this year that way, and it worked just fine. Yeah. And Mindy didn't get sick, so she was able to go with. It. So we had more hands. And we streamed from we streamed uh, uh, Good Morning Multiverse from yep. from Chicago and engineered from here, and it and overall I, worked well. And and at one point, I think I figured out why we had so much so much trouble in the old place is because the electrical system, the electrical, mm-hmm. the wiring in the house sure. may not have been cooperating. Was, uh, the wiring in the house probably should have burned down the house. Because good to know. Well, <laughs> it turned well because I went through and Just I was saying, Tim, some different, you could have died. <laughs> you could have died. Well, and and I think what happened was is we had ended up having to run some of our equipment upstairs, off of power upstairs yeah, because uh-huh. the circuits were blowing all the time, mm-hmm. and I th- I think one of the things that was happening was we were I was getting little error messages and codes saying yeah. you know the electrical's bad whatever. And it turns out the electric was because the grounded outlets weren't grounded. 
<laughs> or weren't they weren't completely grounded. Right, it sure, was that right. thing. So the whole the whole place was falling apart. Well, that's one of the reasons probably why we were having so much trouble because there wasn't enough power yeah. to the computer. Yeah. So this time it worked. I mean, this Saturday, this last Saturday, um, was. Uh, uh, Hello, Mazerus. Thank you very much. We do appreciate that. Uh, that yeah. thumbs up. Yeah. We. Uh, um, I mean, it. It. I sat over there at the. At the, in the chair and pushed the buttons and, and got most of them right. Most of them? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I caught I caught a, a... I did one of those terrible things you do. If you've ever been on, if you've ever been on stage and been given the wrong line. <laughs> um, and, you, and you jump to the point where your brain tells you the next line is because you've been given the wrong line. You realize you've chopped out, you know, a piece of dialogue or, or and sometimes it's, it can... You, you can sit there and go, okay, okay, that, that's fine. Yep. Sometimes you've chopped out a critical portion of the story um, I believe I've told the story on here uh, about doing Amadeus in, in high school and first the first high school in the Midwest to do to do right. the, the play um, and this was the same what a year after the the film had, with with uh, F. Marie Abram and, and Tom mm -hmm. Hulse had come out um, so the soundtrack was out and everybody was really excited and I played Salieri it was like this it was like my big high school role. You were the F. Murray Abraham. I was the F. Murray Abraham. So he's, you're on stage the entire time. I mean, you leave stage for like 30 seconds in the entire play. And you're the narrator and, and doing all the things. Right. And um, one of the actors gave me... and I So I, had to, I knew everybody's lines. I had to memorize the entire play. And one of the, one of the actors um, uh, gave me the wrong line. And my brain did that short circuit where I jumped to the thing. And then I said my line, and the next bit was walking off stage to... Do one of my two costume changes in the play, mm -hmm. and I walk off stage. And the stage manager, who is this tiny, tiny, tiny lady, grabbed me by my Victoria, you know, my my frock coat that I'm wearing, yanks me down to like, you know, so her noses are just touching, and she's like, "You just dropped the ghost father scene." If you've ever seen Amadeus, <laughs> you know this is like the critical scene, right? And I'm like, my. Underneath, underneath my theatrical makeup, my face just loses all color. Oh sure. And I said, and she lets go of me, and she's got this look of just like I don't know, I don't know what to do with you. Um, and I'm like, one moment. And I walked back out on stage, and I did for the next five minutes. I recreated that entire scene on my own, speaking for all the other characters. Oh my! <laughs> just because I knew everybody's lines, right? So I sure. could do it. And then I sat there and went. Then I walked off stage again. Did my costume change? And she's looking at me like, "I will allow you to live." <laughs> and it was just—I mean, it was—it was one of those great—it was one of those great moments of terror on stage. But anyway, um, there was a couple of moments with our with our checklist where, because um, well, because we didn't uh, we didn't do a Star Trek segment, right? Meg Meg, Meg was, got sick, and I and as I'm scanning through the list, even though we had talked about it, as I'm scanning through the list, I get to Meg. And I'm like, okay. And then my brain jumped ahead two extra lines, two or three extra lines. And so I was on the next thing. And I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot the thing. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's like, well, once you got past it, you're kind of like, do I backtrack? Do I, you know, and so. Well, it, and, and, and we have cut out an entire chapter of, of this story here. Because hmm. when, it, when we went away, hmm. um, we managed to get to the point where Salacious Crumbs was at... Episode sixty six, mm -hmm. and McKenna knew that we were winding down, 
and it was it was getting to be a little bit of a grind for her and work was getting to be a big thing and she had just gotten married and all these different things were going on and she said why don't we end it at 66 and we came up with this idea you know the whole order 66 right, thing yeah. and everything mm-hmm. and i reached out to the 501st and i thought this would be a bit this would be a fun bit to go out on would be for her to do the show and then we have a bunch of stormtroopers come in and carry her away and that's the it would and that's the show right yeah it didn't it didn't work out that way it would have been fun yeah. but i couldn't get a hold of any stormtroopers you know nobody was available at the time we were shooting <laughs> so then we sit and we lie dormant until oh i don't know august or september of 2018 yeah in the meantime i mean we dustin and i kept the apocalypse now yeah i signed over the the copyrights and all of that to you for that right Um, and probably should have well and and i think i think to some degree again this this comes down to the same thing that i was arguing for with h2o is that especially with dustin moving Mm -hmm. um you know he's dustin dustin adopted three kids he's doing something you know he's raising these three incredible kids and so his life completely changed, and he moved to he moved back home, which is a different you know a whole different dynamic. But he didn't he moved without his a significant chunk of his friends are yeah, his here. support is his family Texas. support is in Texas, yeah. but his friend support is here in many ways. He's and and Dustin's kind of like you and me in that he's in in the right environment. Dustin is super personable and and just very friendly mm-hmm. but going out and just making friends yeah is not necessarily you know if, if you if you give him the environment to do it no problem but if you're at home with your three kids and you've got your day job doing your thing it's not always there so Dustin and I just talking on a regular basis the fact that I mean Zompocalypse now was not going away because he actually <laughs> because I had a I had a different job uh, I had the the the, cur- the pathology yeah, career job yeah, you were dro- and so I wasn't I was disconnected from a huge amount of what I was normally doing all well, all and, in service of a regular gig and right? the other part of that too was the one of the one of one of the things that we ran into was when you changed your job. You weren't able to do as much writing. I wasn't and able it, to do almost all no the, writing. Everything started to. Yeah, it just felt like everything was just falling apart yeah. for me at that time. Well, I, for, so for four years, for four years, I, and it's amazing how much the first couple of years, I was still trying to do everything that I wanted to do, which is how it should be, right? You do the things sure. you want to do, um, and it, and and it was just getting harder and harder and more and more stressful and. And then I had basically a couple of years where I was just like, nope, I'm useless um, to myself, let alone anybody else. Uh, I was I was not happy. And I have been, you know, for the last year, I've had a really good job that, that I have. Um, there's been a lot going on with my job, so I haven't had quite the freedom that I thought I would have. But I have a lot more freedom, certainly, to do the, the, the things that I enjoy. Um, and so, but yeah, so, so things like Zompocalypse Now, there was no way it was going to be like... and. And if you if you listen to our show, our little Dustin and my little show, you'll notice there's gaps sometimes. <laughs> and and talk about growing an audience. We have an audience that is as wildly if you if if you based on what what demographics and and, and information I have about the show, episodes, downloads, yeah. that sort of thing, it wildly fluctuates. I mean, just oh, like yeah. all over the place. Um, 
And to some degree, Dustin how, and I. How many how many downloads are you getting on those shows now? Well, I, I don't I don't have the I don't have the uh, uh, the iTunes numbers. Although um, I, I, think can, I guess you, maybe I could probably look those up now. You could look those up now. Yeah. Um, uh, pod, Podcast.com. Research that and learn how. Uh, Podcast.com uh, gives me gives me information. It doesn't give me the it gives me theirs. It doesn't give anything that it, any place this goes out to doesn't tell me. Um, so I don't know what the what the um, Apple Podcasts now. Um, or iTunes on my computer. Still. So wait, so okay, hold on. So the podcast.com numbers are only the podcast.com. They're only downloads. the downloads from the podcast.com site. Period. So if you go over to to podcast to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or right. whatever thing, that's a whole different set of numbers. And so you can actually see the ratings on iTunes and things like that are going to be different ratings than the ratings on podcast. So it's a <laughs> Because podcast.com is where it lives, right? But where somebody else is listening to, which is which is how I think you end up with different sites. Well, and that, see, and that that's one podcast. of the reasons why I kept thinking nobody's listening because the the numbers on podcast.com, I thought, and I I thought this I was I was today years old when I learned this is different that. The numbers would be okay because the download has to come from podcast.com because it feeds to iTunes. Yeah, and iTunes is an aggregator, and, and it, you're not actually downloading it from iTunes because they don't host it. Podcast.com hosts it. Yeah. So the download has to come from there. So I thought, okay, well, you know, two no. two downloads for the show. Nobody's listening to the show. No, and it's really interesting because you can look at. You I can, should look at the iTunes. Numbers. Yeah, definitely look at the iTunes because I'd be very curious what this apocalypse now was, especially from the moment we did with Mo Collins because we had Mo Collins from Fear of the Walking Dead stop by. And right, was, right. Um, and and you could see the spike in the podcast dot com numbers, um, but based on my Twitter traffic, and when you consider how rarely I post to Twitter. Um, the fact that the, the kind of response I got to the posts that I put on Twitter about it yeah. were great. I mean, they were huge numbers for, for certainly for me. Um, I think I think I broke a thousand um, uh, interactions. Really? On my personal Twitter account, and I'm like, from where? <laughs> thousand? And and, wow. and and when you can when We've you never gotten that much. But when you consider that, I mean, oh, that's a massive outlier. Um, now, in terms of actual interactions, I mean that's impressions with the tweet, right? Oh, so actually, oh well, yeah, 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 no right, impressions, right, right. not not. Oh, I mean, it's a direct interactions. No, it wasn't a thousand. Oh, I was about to say, no, you know, a thousand but, I mean, interactions, but, but a thousand impressions from me on my personal oh, Twitter yeah, account yeah, is good. kind of insanely high. That's pretty good. I think it was like fifteen hundred. It was just like, you know, well, I haven't. What are even, we doing? I haven't even looked at the Twitter analytics in forever. Twitter analytics are interesting because they just changed it recently, or recently, as far as my perspective, big Twitter users can definitely tell. I'm sure you know this already, um, but it used to be I could go in and I could I could track the followers mm. a little better than I can, can now, and that's fine. I don't care as much as I was just like, oh, this is not a thing I can do. Um, but because I'm, I'm I run the Twitter account, one of our Twitter accounts for work, yeah. um, I have to be on Twitter more, um, which. As I've, if you guys have ever listened to my comments about Twitter on this particular show, uh, you can imagine just how much I love the fact that I have to be on Twitter for work. Brad Torgerson made a comment uh, about social media the other day on Facebook, and he said, "Is it is it just is it is it just me or is it all the is all the social is Facebook getting as bad as Twitter? You know, and all of this." 
talking about you know the cancel culture and the back and forth and how we've talked about you know the the the, the internet makes us all you know angry and stupid and I put a comment on there. It's like, no, it's all one big dumpster fire. It's just you got to decide which fuel you use, because that's what that's what Twitter is. But all of social media is like that. And um, I I have moments where I'm pretty good at using. You know, I we have to use social media to promote sure, the site right. mm -hmm. because we don't have any money to buy any advertising. But it's also the way that people are getting their information now, yeah which has it's got its pros and cons mm, mostly cons mostly cons. yeah so um speaking of c2e2 yes we did an interview and speaking of zompocalypse and horror and all that we did an interview with sandy king mm -hmm. which i have not had a chance to watch yet i was like really john carpenter's wife i wanted to ask you how that went it it went really well, and I was especially gratified at the moment when she talked about this funny idea of how comedy and horror are really similar. <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> I know, right? And I thought, huh, we've talked about this very thing. And it was fun to hear, you know, this is, this is Sandy King. This is... John Carpenter's partner, you know, CEO, producer, uh, writer, is, editor of writer, his comic editor. book series. Yeah, all the, the John and Carpenter she's stuff. saying really the, stuff, the same thing that we've been saying. I felt a little bit of validation at that point. Uh, okay, we're not completely out of it. Uh, yeah, I really want it to was watch a, that. It was a good interview. I, uh, I, I, I did not... So I had... Uh, I was aware that Carpenter had these comic book series out, and I had not actually read them. Um, and so you, you told me that you were doing the interview, and, and you're like, hey, come up with some questions. I'm like, oh, okay. And then just things and stuff, and you're like two days away from just going, so about those questions. Yeah, yeah. And so I basically binged Carpenter, the Carpenter comics. And um, I think that there's some, some interesting stuff there. I, I think that they've, they've really done, you know, if you happen to be a fan of John Carpenter's movies, mm -hmm. then pick up his and Sandy King is a writer on the series. On the series, there's multiple yep. series, and she's an editor for the entire line. Well, and she's and, doing a. I mean, I'd say she's doing a fantastic job based on the, and the content. Tells, and she tells the story of how Asylum became a graphic novel instead of a series on Sci-Fi. Yeah, on the Sci-Fi Channel. And it's budgetary for one thing. No. Really? Because no, I'd say that they were going to be okay. Um, yeah, you'll have to watch. I'll have it's, to watch. All right, it's cool. A, it's a story. Um, and what she told us after we stopped recording uh, about what was going on there at Savai. Really? Oh, okay. That's what it was. Interesting. Um, but yeah, she had some interesting things to say about sci-fi turning into another horror channel now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, all that. And you know the difference between PG-13 and R and, and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, the other interview, the other official interview that we got was with Andy Sheehan, who is the director of events at Crunchyroll. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, Mindy's going around and she's doing new episodes. She's recording new episodes of Cosplay Diaries because right, yeah. we've, we've been dry on that for so long. We did 13 of them, 16 of them, 16. And we haven't had any because we haven't been to any events. Right, yeah. 
And so now we've got 16 in the can, and we're going to be going to Fan Expo Dallas next month, so we'll shoot some more there. And she, Mindy comes to me, and she says, funny story. You'll find this interesting, I think. Oh, what? what's that? She interviewed a cosplayer who is Queen Amidala. Yeah. You know, the big yeah. headdress and the white makeup and the thing from sure. Phantom Menace. Who tells Mindy that, well, asks Mindy, are you guys going to be streaming the cosplay competition? No, 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 no. You should. You should come by and stream the, cos the cosplay competition. I've got people asking if we're going to be streaming. Turns out, funny story. So... Last year, the year before, oh, I guess it was last year because it was after we'd come back. I was I was pursuing various different sure. conventions and saying this is what we want to do, this is what we do. And one of the groups that I had been talking to was Read Pop, and I had talked to Dana Cobb, who does all the PR for them, mm -hmm. and said this is what we want to do. It's not like because I had seen what Sci-Fi Wire was doing at places like New York Comic Con and, right. and that sort of thing, where you've got a stage and you got the celebrity up on the stage, you do the Q&A thing and whatnot. This is not exactly like that. We want to broadcast the entire show, the right. entire right. event. We want to be in the event, on the floor. This, this is what we do. Here's the model. And they had an exclusive with Sci-Fi Wire to do that thing with the stage. Well... C2E2 apparently is where the champions of cosplay competition has their final mm. worldwide competition lands here and all of the regional and everything comes here and this is the big sure. finale mm -hmm. at C2E2. Well, Sci-Fi Wire streamed it last year. Not this year. Oh. And Queen Abadala tells tells us, Sci-Fi Wire pulled out of broadcasting. Oh, really? So now I'm thinking to myself, if we'd had the time, yeah. you know, if we had enough advance notice. So now I'm thinking about because we did the Spectrum Awards last year, the Spectrum yep. Art Awards, which was a disaster. But I know why, and we've we I've no, got a complete. The Spectrum Art Awards were fantastic. No, the, yes, our broadcast was a disaster. Yes, the, yeah, the award ceremony was great. There the was awards, some amazing yeah. art and some amazing yeah. talent got got recognized. Yeah, uh, our broadcast was was not what we wanted. Was to not a thing. I, I I was at the point where I was rather rather vexed. I guess would be a word. <clears throat> so that would be a sure. Let's go. <laughs> sure, let's, let's go, go with vexed. vexed. <laughs> yeah. Well, in terms of what happened was I I had taken the laptop instead of the tower. Sure. Right. That was my first mistake. The next mistake was getting an HD camera to send a video signal to the laptop, which couldn't take all yeah. of that data coming in, and the whole thing choked. And the broadcast never really went at, went anywhere. Right. I have since figured out what went wrong and what to figure out. I've sent them an email. I was like, I want to try this again. 
completely new configuration. We've got it all figured out how we do this. Well, it got me thinking now with the Champions of Cosplay, as soon as Mindy tells me this, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'd put this camera here and this camera right, here yeah, and this camera sure, here. I'm, right. I'm th already thinking in my head, how would I do it? And then I go back and I look at all of the different events that Reed Pop does. Mm -hmm. Reed Pop, besides C2E2, they do New York Comic Con. They do a lot of conventions around the world. Sure. And they do Star Wars Celebration. And I'm thinking to myself, now we're not there yet. We're not at that level. Because all we got are webcams, and you know it's 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 not you know the thirty thousand dollar rigs and and all of this. But again, what we do with limited resources, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm sending an email to Repop, and I'm going to send a note, and then we get an email with the press release of the winners of the Champions of Cosplay. If you'd like to, if you'd like to do an article, here are the photos. If, you know, we can make some people available for interviews and all that. I'm thinking, oh, hey, by the way, <coughs> funny you should send this to us. Here's an idea. <coughs> so, I haven't, I, I didn't get a chance to do it yet, but tomorrow I'm going to be sending this note and say, okay, I understand that Sci-Fi pulled out and isn't doing this and I've even gone to look at their website you know I've looked at Sci-Fi Wire's YouTube channel mm -hmm. and it's all a bunch of hokum little things you should know about you know those those you know Tumblr videos is basically what they are and there isn't any convention stuff mm. for a while so I'm thinking maybe they don't have a partnership with Reed Pop anymore in which case, I'm on the phone or on the email with Reed Pop, and I'm going to say, hey, I noticed there's a lack. And alas. Oh. <laughs> but. Very funny. We could do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and now that we've got these two cameras that actually can zoom and pan and tilt and do whatever we've got these that we're using here for our close-ups oh let's see here like that these these mm -hmm. these cameras here we can take those and i can put one on the judges and i can put one on the contestant right yeah and then for the wide crowd shot a webcam sure i mean we're broadcasting in 720 Sure. Which is the lower level HD, so we're in HD ish. So it's not that much of a stretch to think that we could do this kind of thing. And in my day job I have been spending a lot of time on on the set, as it were, part of the crew for ESPN mm -hmm. at different sporting events. Right. And yeah. you'll notice in some of our shows that I've changed some graphics. Because I'm stealing from ESPN. Like, oh, that's a good layout. I'm going <laughs> to use that. Um, Not actual content. No, no, no. Yeah, design. The layout, right. the design is like, oh, Dear this picture's ESPN's here. Dear ESPN's legal here. team. Yeah. It's not what you say. So, so as you know, as our graphics improve, but then it's also got me <laughs> wondering. I, I, I wonder because the YouTube channels that have blown up mm. are not as polished. That maybe we're sitting here and maybe we're overproduced. Maybe we're too good at what we do. That 
that it just overwhelms people. But then I don't think that's the case. I was going to say... It's probably not the that's case. A, that's a lovely thought. But the opportunity to do the cosplay championship, that has me think, okay, well, we did Spectrum. Yeah. If we can continue to do Spectrum, then that's a whole nother niche that I didn't even think about when right. it came to, you know, when it comes to this kind of thing. So now the wheels are turning on the next thing. Sure. Because at some point something has to give. We have to we ha- we cross that threshold. We're we're edging very much closer to 1300 subscribers on YouTube. At some point we'll be at 1301. And then Katie bar the door, right? <laughs> there, ha- there has to be this point of critical mass where you know it's a numbers game. Yes, I mean, we're doing this. Yes, we like to do it. We're going to do it anyway. But at some point, we hit critical mass, and it just takes off in terms of exposure, you know, the algorithm and every, you know, well, this this channel is growing. Maybe we should let other people see it or whatnot. But then I get to thinking over the weekend, because of all of the shenanigans of YouTube, we should be in control of our content a little bit more. Because the super chats, you know, now that we're monetized, the super chats, I did a little research, the super chats, which if you're in a live chat, Mm -hmm. you're watching live, you can throw money at us in what's called a super chat. I haven't mentioned it in a while because it turns out that YouTube takes 55% of it. No. I think I, I think the argument is is you're not we're not charging you to host your content. Well, that's true. Yeah. And so so you know However yeah, you feel piece, about they that. They get a piece of the ad revenue and all of these different things. And I, okay, fine. I get it. It's you got a business to run. Okay. However. We are your product. Sure. Essentially. However. But that's why I've been, whenever I talk about how you can support us financially, I mentioned the, the PayPal mm-hmm. and the Subscribestar. And those two links are in the show notes. Right. So you can go directly there. And then, of course, we've got the, the, the superhero stuff thing that eventually... If enough sales happen, we get a piece of that. Right, right. And so now it becomes a point where, okay, I we need advertisers. But at the same time, if we have advertisers, then I can't monetize the channel anymore because it has paid content in it. So, sure, so right. That yeah. kind of thing. So, now, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, if, if YouTube wants to keep jacking with the algorithm... And YouTube wants to choke how many people actually see us in terms of exposure and all of that. And we have to use all of the social media to promote ourselves anyway. Why not have sci-fi for me dot TV and build a player and we just become our channel? Which is what I wanted to do 11 years ago. See, it all comes around full circle. <laughs> just like that. But then we can do movie theater and all of the different shows that we do now we do there and we have more control over it sure so we need money that's the I mean that's the thing and and one of the things that I thought about for our 11th anniversary 
mm-hmm. was to do kind of the old PBS right yeah. model where you know you have the pledge drive day right where you do right. the 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 10 hours or the 20 sure yeah. and we do 24 hours we stream for 24 hours and beg for money the entire time <laughs> please uh, may I have some more please alms alms the, for the only ball. problem I have with that is remembering when PBS would do that uh, and they were interrupting the programming that I wanted to watch I know right and I was just like okay but I want to watch Seeds of Death, and you are in my way, and I want to watch Black Adder Goes Forth, and you are in my way, and the rise and fall of Reginald Perrin is not on because... And I don't care about the kids' choir. They sound great, but that's not what I'm here for. Well, and... and but see, the thing... Priorities. Say, if, we did, if we did that kind of a stream, that kind of stream, we have so much content to pull from. Oh, sure. Right. You look at how many... We have over, I think, 1,100 videos mm. on our channel. And it's all interviews and shows and live events and, and all sorts of things. Right. So we could sit there and I could pull up the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I could stream it into the control panel for our broadcast software. And we can sit here and we could do our thing and ba-da-da-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da, whatever. And I can play 45 minutes of, of me interviewing Stephen Amell. Mm-hmm. Look, we could be doing this at your event. Oh, now here's our interview with Ming-Na Wen. Right. Now here's Tim talking to Eddie McClintock. And, you know, and, reach and show people what we do. Right, yeah. I don't know. I say it's, we'll, I'd say it's a, not a bad idea. But when I talked about no children's cutting, choirs, no, no children's choir, unless they're the creepy children's nope. choir from the horror, from the, <laughs> the standard horror thing. You know, that. Well, if we could get the same choir that the Rolling Stones used, <laughs> they're growing up now. I'm what? pretty sure. <laughs> Bring in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Get the, get the, the right can't always get what you want, children. Well, the <laughs> other thing, yeah, and and I mentioned the the chapter that got cut out when we were when we were first thinking about coming back. I had started to talk about this. Uh, there was all this hype about Planet Comic Con's 20th anniversary. Sure. And it was yeah. going to align with our 10th anniversary, and we weren't going to be on. And I right. thought, oh, fine. I had this little thing in the back of my head. I was like, well, okay. I knew I was doomed. As soon as this little thought <laughs> hit the back of my head, what would it look like? <laughs> and after that, it was just... Yeah, it was over. It was. It was, it was just, okay... I guess we're coming back at, at the time because I had because Mindy was part of the picture then, and not to be hyperbolic about it, but there are days when I can easily say that she saved my life. I understand that, and my sanity, mm-hmm. and she has been such a godsend because she just dove in. Yeah. So go, oh, we're going to Worldcon. Okay, what's Worldcon? What are we yeah. doing? Oh, okay. That's oh, that's George R. R. Martin. I'll go get a selfie with him. What are we doing? Oh, okay. We're doing interviews. I'll help. And she just she both feet just jumped mm-hmm. in, and has been. It also leads to the not exactly human. Yeah. Theory. 
There's a lot of evidence, but, circumstantial evidence acquiring. Well, this. now I have seen pieces in pieces of the insides, and she's kind of human. So, but not all. Well, don't take her apart, Jason. <laughs> no, no, we have doctors for that. Yeah, <laughs> they put her back together too, pretty we well. Just, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the you know the fact that she's been around and and she's been such a cheerleader. Yeah. And our support, and she, you know, she encourages, and she listens. You know, I just riff on different ideas. And when we started thinking about bringing it back in late in late 2018, I was like, okay, there has to be a plan. It can't just be throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Right. There has to be a plan. And we had done a weekly morning morning news thing on mm-hmm. Saturdays called Week in Review, which started with the best intentions in January. And by the time we get to what, March, April, mm. it would fade away because you know, nobody's watching it. There's a lot of effort to put it together. Right. And I had the I had the teleprompter and all of this setup and everything it was a big to do and it just got to be too much trouble to do it what is what is thomas saying he made her just not with six million dollars not for six million dollars no she's worth a whole lot more than that um but the notes that i had i was like okay i'll just do this google document and everybody can contribute to this i've got 30 pages of just brainstorming you know, how do we market it? How do we sell ads? How do we make revenue? How do we do this? What are all the shows we're going to do? I, the number of shows that I've had ideas for, I think probably a good 30 or 40 shows. If we were I a still TV network. The, I still wanted the tabletop game one. Oh, I do too. I do too. I, hardcore tabletop, I really want to do that one. Um we were going to do that. We, there was a there was a, a gaming cafe downtown, and we talked to them, mm-hmm. and we were going to do it. We had this plan, and then, of course, everything falls apart when the volunteers suddenly can't volunteer anymore. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, we put, that, we put that on the back burner, like everything else. But the idea for that show is really fun. Yeah. And it combines... Don't, I don't want to tell I don't them. Do, do don't know? give away the ideas. Right, we won't give away the free. We won't give away the ending. Um, but I'd like to bring back Comic Con Carney. Sure. And we had a we had a very interesting conversation with somebody who's from Kansas City that we met out there, mm-hmm. who is a big comic book person. Okay. And so one thing might lead to something, and maybe we bring that show back. That'd be I, cool. That would be great. And now we've got a spinner rack. Yes. So, you know, we've got that. Um, I would like to bring back Trailer Park. Sure. Yeah. I think... I like uh, Trailer Park. Well, your reaction video to the Candyman trailer has done fairly well as I far th- as numbers go. I think there's an interesting uh, title card error in that video you was, might want to take a look at. Oh? I don't believe it has my name on it. Just so you know. Name on it. Yeah. Like the, you know, like the, the lower Tim third. Harvard? Okay. What does it say? It doesn't I say anything. Don't recognize the name. Did I put a name on it? You did. Really? I, I, I take a look at. It. I happened to. I I happened to watch that. I went. 
I huh. misi- I misidentified you. you? Misidentified. How did I do that? As, as far as I can tell, and, and folks, it did, but it has done well. I, I really, had, I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't paid the attention. The numbers, numbers on it. Um, if I, if I look here, um, the numbers on it. I think it's in double, I don't it's in double do, digits. I don't do reaction videos. Um, well, we haven't done those. And because I heard there's, uh, this was the very first one I've done, and I wasn't entirely sure um, what I wanted to say. Right now, there it has sixty views, Woo-hoo. which is very good, and seven thumbs up. Well, there we go. And um, and the one thumbs down from Gary. Well, thank you, Gary. We so, appreciate you know, appreciate your commitment to the cause. I know. I mean, I tell you, he is dedicated. Yeah, it's just good. Good for you. Um, well, I, and- I got to the point where I decided that we weren't going to make Gary a thing anymore, because you know why? Why give him any attention? Exactly. But he's just—it's he, still around. He's so committed. I mean, uh, he is. You have to admire. Very dedicated. Because I'm—I'm a, I'm a big fan of sheer bloody mindedness. I'm, I know. That's, that's right? my own mindset. So, folks, uh, that, this is a legitimate question. Um, if you want to see more reaction videos, there are trailers all the time. Science fiction and horror trailers that come out all the time that we yeah. would. I mean, I'm happy. I I watch them on my own to look at them and go. I have thoughts. So there, well, there are, you know, and and what there was a there was a trailer that just dropped. Yesterday, day or today, for another one, for, and I don't know. I, uh, Grace Randolph just posted a reaction video mm. to it, but I don't even know what it was. I think it's a horror film. Maybe I don't know. I have to look. But the the reaction video is a thing on YouTube, yeah. and I thought, okay, well, and, yeah. you know, I think that what's interesting for me is that. Um, Hi Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin's in the chat. Jumped Hi, in. So. I don't. I don't particularly care for most reaction videos because I don't. You know, but I think that. You know, there's a place to sort of do a little mini review in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's what, to some degree what the idea is supposed to be with there for anywhere. But it's a lot of reaction videos I look at and go, "Why am I watching this exactly?" Well, and I don't the want idea- watching you scream at thing. It doesn't. Uh. Yeah. Well, and and the idea <laughs> for know. Trailer Park evolved from sure. the trailer reaction show. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, instead of just one person sitting there yapping about a trailer and reacting to it, why don't we make this a thing? And right. kind yeah. of make it a Siskel and Ebert trailer mm-hmm. reaction thing and have different people. And we could discuss and actually have different ideas that go back and forth on the trailer and the movie that the trailer represents. Mm-hmm. And does it do a good job of, of making me want to go watch the thing? So we'd like to bring Trailer Park back. Well, I think that uh, I think that that's a way that for and and I realize there's a certain amount of tooting our own horn here, which I'm fine with. Um, I don't think we do enough of that with uh, reaction videos for science fiction and fantasy and horror films. We actually come from a place where we kind of know what we're talking about, or we at least or we at least have an opinion that comes with some level of informed ability. Mm-hmm. So we've. You know, we've read that book, or we've seen that movie, or we've watched a handful. We've we watched enough of this genre that we can actually make a. There's there's a thing that that unfortunately happens when everybody has an opinion, which is great. Everyone should have an opinion. Is that expert opinion is actually a thing, uh-huh. and and the informed person who's done the research and done the study and and watched you know enough that they can sit there and say, this is actually. A thing of value, which is why you actually have fans who can talk with, who know what they're talking about. If a fan doesn't know what they're talking about, it's not helpful. But you know, you you want. I mean, it's an opinion. Great, we want to hear people's opinions, of sure, course. Sure. But it's always better when someone can sit there and say, 
okay, this is evoking the, the Exorcist because of this shot, or this this film was clearly inspired by, you know, Star Wars in the same way that Star Wars was inspired by, you know, Japanese cinema, and da da da, da. I mean, you could find these different things, and well, we, can, and we can give information to the viewer because you're... I'm not going to say that I'm an expert in horror, but I'm informed enough that I can yeah. sit there and say, if I tell you this, I'm not just talking out of, you know, my Do nether reason. I'm, I'm, and I might be wrong, but I'm not going to be intentionally wrong. I'm not well, just going to sit there. Well, and it's like you know. when we did, uh, when we did the fisking of uh, that article from the New Yorker last mm -hmm. year, where you have somebody who's basically saying X Y Z about the Star Wars films. And from the things what he said, didn't seem like he'd watched a Star Wars film. Right, right. Yeah, and and it's one of those things. I mean, I've been watching, I've been watching genre stuff since I was five or six years old. Nihai do Java. I got the switch once over Superman. Funny story. I'll tell you the story. As I'm turning 50 years old tomorrow, I can I can tell the story now. So, my mother picks us up from school, and I'm hot to trot. We've got to get home. We've got to get home. We've got to get home because I want to see Superman. Mm -hmm. This is the Adventures of Superman, starring George Reeves. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The black and white Superman car, uh, show. And I think I was, I want to say it was the first grade. Six-ish? Six-ish. So, we get in the car. Come on, we gotta go. We gotta, you know, we gotta get home. We gotta hurry, hurry. We gotta go. And Mom, of course, is, you know, responsible driver. We're gonna get home when we get home. Right, yeah. So, we get home, and I immediately make a beeline over to the TV. Which is not connected to a cable box. Which is not a remote control TV. I go in. I go into the den with the wood paneling sure, into right. the corner where the TV is sitting next to the fireplace. Sure, I, sure. I remember this distinctly. And I go in and I turn it on and I turn it over to the channel. I want to say it was channel 39. It was one of the independent stations. Might have been 11. And I go in and we got there just as the titles start rolling. And I'm all excited. I'm going to get to watch Adventures of Superman. And I look around at my mom and I say, what do you think that is? The Adventures of Mickey Mouse? <laughs> And she said, come here. <laughs> and I got the switch, and I did not get to watch Superman that day. <laughs> but since then, I have managed to watch a goodly amount of science fiction and fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um and we don't and we don't bill ourselves as experts. I mean, this is obviously opinion when we when we write reviews, when we make comments. Yeah. It's opinion. Um, and we are, um, that's, you know, the fact that anybody cares what we think is always gratifying. Sure. And, and certainly, but I think that, I think that we do a pretty good job. I, I'd say we do a fairly good job, a really good job a lot of times of if we give you our opinion, we do our best to back it up with a reason why we think the way we think about this thing. Yeah. And and you can and it's okay to disagree with us on it because you everybody and, can like a thing or dislike a thing on, on their own. They, yeah, and that's you know. and that's another key point that that has to be made um, because when we came back, one of the things that I did is I put together this survey 
for the audience. You know, tell us what mm-hmm. it is that you like. What do you want? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you read comic books? Do you read books? Do you watch you know, all this stuff? And one of the things that is overwhelming in those responses is there has to be a separation between news and opinion. Yeah. And you look at sites like the Mary Sue. The Mary Sue is, is terrible about this. io9. Nerdist, I haven't really. I don't really think the Mary Sue to. is even. I think Mary Sue is really at this point has decided to be an opinion site, and that's fine. Well, yeah, and but they fine. were always an opinion site. Yeah, but I think that, I think. But that, when I you think sit there and you say we're a news site, and you're actually not, that's yeah, a, yeah. there's a certain amount of disingenuousness that comes with. That. Although, although in in fairness to to them and anybody and a lot of other people who are saying they're in news sites, there are so many news sites that aren't news sites. Well, that's true, and and. That, the, and that's the, a problem. The concept of news site has become a curious terminology. And that's and that's a problem. That's something that I had at the very beginning right. had decided there has to be a distinction here mm-hmm. because if we're doing news, then it needs to be news. Right. And I have always felt this way, even before I was into this kind of thing, that the editorials belong on the editorial page. Sure. And the news, the news articles—that's what you read—are the articles, and it's the news, and the opinion stuff is over here, off to the side, in the op-ed page, and it's bled through. And you, you even in the mainstream media. Oh God, no! It's been bleeding through for a long time. The, um, you know, objectivity has just kind of been gone out the window. Well, but again, there's there's but, we there's a distinction. There has become there has become the thing the celebrity news opinion person. So the days of this is the newscaster at the 6 o'clock news or the 9 o'clock news that was a different breed of broadcast. Now we have personalities um, you know and and some of them are uh, deserved of being a personality and some of them are a great marketer and it just I mean and I'm not. Um, this, this isn't. This isn't a politics thing. Um, so you can you can pick it that falls on a, on a spectrum of, of which ones you think are a thing. But you end up with folks who uh, blur the line mm-hmm. between you know people who view them they will view as opinion makers, opinion people who are giving an opinion piece as this is the fact versus yeah. this is somebody's opinions about well, other facts, and that's a that's a trouble. That's that's a problem. Well, and and that's that's the thing too is I mean the Mary Sue does this too. They present opinion as fact too. Um, IG, and see, I, I haven't looked so much at IGN or Nerdist lately, but you look at places like ComicBook.com or Comic Book Resources or John Campia or uh, Robert Meyer Burnett. Or, you know all of these different you know, and and all of the fandom menace video channels that are on YouTube and any of the other sites. You know, bounding the comics, bleeding cool. I mean, Rich Johnston has buried objectivity vertical in the in the back of the barn in his place. I mean, it you you can't even go to bleeding cool and look at I anything think for part of, I think part of the problem I think for some of these folks, and I can't speak. This is just an observation. This is I don't I don't know these people. Yeah. I can't speak to their personal motivation. But these are opinions. These are opinions, and this is this is an observation, which is because there have become so many different news sites, 
and you see this with YouTube. You see that with, with, with if you if you happen to be a fan of a particular YouTube channel, I find one of the things that's very interesting to go back and see the look at their earliest videos. What were they trying to do? Everything evolves, and you can sit there and see that sometimes when someone comes along, you know, everybody else is doing the same thing that you are trying to do, and then suddenly, if you if you find this niche where you fit and it blows up, you know. The question then becomes, is that really the niche that you need to be in? And frankly, are you bringing anything new to that niche too? Because sometimes you end up with stuff that is, because it's the flavor of the day yeah. or the month or the week or whatever, you may sit there and have a ton of success in that niche until that particular fad dies down. And that's one of the things that I have, I've made the observation, I've had conversations with Mindy about, is there are a lot of YouTube channels that are blowing up because of outrage. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. We're mad about X, right. and it doesn't. It's not just not just Star Wars. There are a lot of different things. Oh yeah, it, there's it, pick a and, pick a pick a topic where someone can get uh, have an outrage video, uh, and, and they And then you have then you have sites like uh, well, for example, Hero Hey has been very diligent in covering the Vic Bignana stuff, uh -huh. and he he makes a, he makes a very clear distinction i don't know this is a rumor this is what i've been told i can't verify it he's very clear about that and then other stuff when he's looking at here are the legal documents that just got filed and and i've been impressed because yes he's an amateur but he knows what he doesn't know and he acknowledges what he doesn't know and he he knows that he's 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 just some, he's just some youtuber that's just looking at this and reporting information as he's as he mm. comes across and finds it and those kind of channels where yeah there's some opinion but here's here's this information that i have found and i'm going to share it with you and they get raked over the calls. Well, you're not just you're not real news. You're not a real I think, journalist. I think I think that the the issue there, and this is a tough thing to do. And I and and I'm I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get into the the weeds on on some of these things. But a lot of times, what I think that some of these folks don't do terribly well is, and I'm not again. I'm not 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 talking about him. Yeah, just in general. Is that a lot of times they don't understand the context of that piece of information that they have. They found this piece of information, they don't understand the larger context. And I think that one of the things that, um, and again, it's tough to do because if you're not a news site, if you're, not, if you're looking at an opinion, this is what I think. It's That's a valid thing to say. Right. But I think that if you, especially in situations like that particular case involves a, a legal case, it involves, it, it, there's things going on there that. Um, a lot of people, and again, without getting into the weeds, a lot of people don't understand the law. And they think that the law and order, or yeah. LA law, if you want oh, to go yeah. back, yeah. And, and so you, there's, there's a bazillion opinions on, well, that's what this means. It's like, well, actually, it changes state by state. And it yeah. changes depending on the kind of law it is, because there's this concept that, and then again, just I want to move away from this super quick, is that just because you're an expert in one thing, mm -hmm. one kind of law, yeah. doesn't make you an expert. Because the law, the law comes in a bunch of different flavors. Yeah, and and, and, and if you don't you know, know what you don't know there, and he's been pretty good about acknowledging. 
I don't I don't know anything and, about and, it, you and, know for him specifically. But yeah, you're right. There there are a lot of channels where they're all opinions mm-hmm. and some of those some of those channels have blown up in terms of well, I have people telling me these things. Now, sure, you know, right. and of course you've got the Reddit threads, the rumor mill, the, you know, the rumor mill, and you know, I have an insider at Lucasfilm who tells me X. I would love to have an insider at Lucasfilm tell me X or Z or whatever. Well, and then you had the fo- and then and of course there's no there's no in a situation like that you also don't have a real vetting process. There's no way. I yeah, mean, how, how, yeah, how do you how do you corroborate? You can say stuff? whatever you sure. want. You know? And and you know, to give Doomcock credit, he he makes it very clear. I can't verify this. It's a well, rumor. Yeah, but this is what I'm know, hearing. But, but but a lot of these a lot of these channels are making their bones over this kind of stuff. And always, and I'll, I'll, you know what I, my biggest problem with that is, is the fact that sometimes a rumor is just okay. Anybody can say anything. Yeah. So why would you share the rumor that just came out of nowhere? I mean, I, and well, I get and I get what people want to. Oh sure. I'm just well, like, it's, it's go, gossip around the water cooler. But I just like I look at it and go, but, okay. But what have you what have you contributed to the conversation? And, and my and my thing oh. has always been, you know, you talk about because we talk about the outrage the outrage mob and all of sure, that. Yeah. And I've said from the get go when we came back, we cannot do that. No, I don't. Because it's like Collider doing, you know, leaning into the deep fake stuff. Mm. It's only going to last that long, folks. It, you know, it's a blip on the radar. And for are us you saying you think that outrage, outrage I is going to go outrage, away? God, I think I outrage so. media is going to go I away. Hope so. I'm I think tired. people are going to get tired of it. It's not going to be a thing anymore. Which is time. why, for for us, my big thing has been, you know, I don't want to say slow and steady wins the race. But my approach has always been, this is a TV channel. Mm. And if it's a TV, you know, I approach it the way, that same way. You know, you have your, you know, if you look at your ABC, CBS, NBC affiliate, your local, your local TV station. Sure. They have the news at six o'clock and 10 o'clock and on, in the morning and on, you know, your morning show and whatnot. And then you have your shows. Mm. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. And... We've had feedback from people that sit there, and especially about this show. You know, I like that you're not yelling at each other. I like that it's not angry. And and we've made the promise from the very beginning: we're not going to dox anybody that disagrees with us. We're not going to go after you. We're not going to go after your family. You know, we're not going to go after your dog or your mailbox or your job or any of that. You know, that's fine. You don't you don't like what one of us says, or you don't like what any of us say. Okay. We do ask that you be polite because that's yeah, how a conversation happens. Sure, that's right. I mean, you, it's it's you know, Emily Post would have a conniption fit if she saw the social media. Emily Post would be basically doing her version, and I and here the Emily Post estate will sue me, justifiably. Uh, she would have had her death wish moment, where you'd have been like <laughs> Emily Post armed to the teeth. Going out there uh-huh. and just stabbing internet trolls to death. I, um, if, I if, would pay to see the if, horror films on Emily, Emily Post. Post were to be here today and look at social media as she an would entity, just be sad. she would say very, very, very politely and distinctly, "Bless your heart." 
because she, in the southern sense of bless your heart she would have said get me a can of gasoline and a match <laughs> please I you know and nuke it from orbit is the only way to be sure yeah you know I mean I, hey the the the, the well anyway we yeah. can we can we can rant on social media another time well, and we have uh, and we have, have a few times we could do it another time um, but you know moving forward one of the things that we want to do is is besides these shows and when I say a TV channel I'm I'm even thinking if you have a show and you need a place for it to air I'm perfectly fine with the sci-fi for me network mm. you know just why not sure think big right, yeah and if you have a show and you're going to do that and you need some place where it's going because I mean everybody's got a YouTube channel yeah but not everybody is making content nobody but if we have a collective group of sure contributors and creators you have something of value we have an audience which is not big but it's growing yeah and there are opportunities for us to do live events <clears throat> maybe we go in on some more cooperative collaboration type of things where we provide a home for your show on our channel and you help promote our channel we help promote your show and, and that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking at some of that there's possibilities there uh, because we could be like CW and have two or three shows a day that we upload every week and, and we become a thing and we become a TV sure. channel and why not so Let's see what Benjamin says in the chat. I think the person giving thumbs down is DJ. <laughs> I don't know who DJ is, but yeah. Um, oh, 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 yes. Um, <coughs> not DJ, but I know who you're talking about. Um, yes, I do believe that's who you're thinking of is giving us that thumbs down. Gary. Um, we we call him Gary because, you know, just, just, to, just to personalize it a little bit. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, it's... There's a story. Should I tell the story? No. Thomas says he's thought about being part of the network with us. Yeah. I and we would and we'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I have to admit that I was a little, I wouldn't say irritated, but I was a little flustered when Thomas announced what the name of his show was going to be, because we're like, well, you know, we've got Good Morning Multiverse. You know, Multiverse Tonight could be our nightline, and oh, never mind. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things, and that's fine, you know. But I'm all about the clever names of the shows, you know. We've got Triple Bites, we've got Deep Space Minds. I, I, that's that's the fun one. We Tardis like Sauce is my favorite. We like puns. We yes. like bad puns. Tardis Sauce. We have Good Morning Multiverse, which is not really a pun. Uh, we've got the Rancor Pit. We've got Salacious Crumbs. So you know, and Comic Con Carnage was always a fun title. Oh yeah. Because it plays on the Comic Con. And I'm from Texas, and you know it just it just works. Well, even H two O, two H's, yeah. and O is kind of an opinion. And yeah, so. and but that was a little bit esoteric. We have to explain that one sometimes. It's just like what, is, and and then chilling with pineapple is its own weird thing. Yeah, it doesn't even it, it defies categorization because people are asking 
because Mindy looked at me the other day. She said, okay, so when I'm telling people about our shows, how should I describe Chilling with Pineapple? How do, how do I describe that show? Because it doesn't really have a format. It's just me talking. You know, and I ran, last, last night I was talking about Jim Lee's comments at C2E2. Mm. And that's going to lead to our conversation next week about the Dan DiDio situation and the stuff going on at DC Comics because I was told at C2E2 by one of the PR guys from excuse me for one of DC for DC that Jim Lee did a few did a handful of interviews prior to C2E2 mm-hmm. and those are going to get released this weekend next so we still don't have an official statement from DC about what's going on uh, the state of 5G I have heard some reports out of Comics Pro and I put the I, I put the link in Slack mm. for you to look at uh, Comics with Perch uh, is a is a YouTube channel uh, and Perch was at Comics Pro and I think I want to say that he's a retailer up in in the Oregon up in Oregon okay. or Washington State and he originally he was talking he was on I don't know uh, he was on uh, Thinking Critical. And they were talking about Comics Pro. He said, I wasn't going to go, but then I had people saying, you need to be down here. You need to see what's going on. And so he went. And he talks about, and we can get into this next week, but he talks about how the first day when when DiDio got fired, he said it was like everybody was shell-shocked. Because this was a, this was, sure, this is, this is a, this is a paradigm shift. He's been with the company for a long time. He's been, he been, he's had quite a, I mean, a lot of big DC yeah. things happen under his. But a lot of people are taking Jim Lee's comments at his panel, and I don't think we were all at the same panel. I, people are reading into it what they want to read into it, oh, and sure. they're taking they're taking some some liberties with the interpretation. They're of trying that. to make sense of what's going on right now without all the yeah. information. So this is what so happens. and and we have reached out and, and and that's another one of those emails that I've got to send out to follow up because I was trying to get an interview with Jim Lee while we were there, and he wasn't doing anything on site. So I'm hoping to get something afterwards. Don't blame him. No, I don't either. Um, but yeah, we're we're hoping to do that, and then I've got a pile over there of business cards and bookmarks and samplers and all sorts of things there. Um, so there's that, and we've even talked about doing a book. And I've got a thing over there I want you to look at because I there's a there's a thing over there. there. A thing. Yeah. So C two E two was a very productive weekend, and. For a lot of different reasons. One, the fact that we were able to actually broadcast this time, mm-hmm. and we got some interviews, and we were able to make some some contacts and have some conversations with the, with people that I was not expecting to have, that are going to open up some doors. If if those conversations go well, sure, maybe there's some opportunities for us. So we'll we'll see. So that's the state of things as they are. The state of the state. The state of that's the state. state. Yes. So um, one of the things that we want to make sure that we continue to do is thank you mm-hmm. for for watching, for being here, you know, for participating in the really chat. Do. We do appreciate that. Um, the thumbs up, sharing links, even the um, thumbs down, Gary. Even the thumbs down. It's commitment. No, that's that's, that's, commitment. that's fine. It is. It is. We um, appreciate your your 
your disdain. If you are on social media, when you share the when you share a link for the show, each of our shows has its own hashtag. So hashtag H2O podcast, right. hashtag Triple Bites, hashtag Good Morning Multiverse. When you share the links for the shows, and I'm going to assume that you're going to share the links for the shows, if you could use those hashtags, you know, Sci-Fi for Me TV, H2O podcast, that way we could kind of get a sense of what sure, kind of right. what kind of traffic. And I haven't I haven't mentioned this before. I haven't even asked people to do this, but we have the hashtags. So we might as well oh, yeah, try no, to start using yeah. them. But the other thing that I had a thought about, and if any of you are into IT or anything like that, you can you can check me on this because this is an idea that I had. We have not been doing anything with the metadata on our files. Mm, sure. And I'm wondering if maybe that would help the YouTube algorithms and I have no idea <clears throat> when we upload shows and do things. So <clears throat> all sorts of things still brewing in the back of my head after after this weekend. Sure. So. Um, and one of the things that uh, that we want to do is uh, a print book. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into that because it's already you know we've been doing this over two hours now. But the print book has been something we've been discussing for a while. Yeah. And I saw some stuff at C2E2 that has me thinking. So we'll get into that at a later date. So. Um, anyway, okay, so I've talked enough, I've rambled, rambled about the master plan enough to just kind of give you a, a sense of things. So next week, Dan DiDio in D.C., and we'll see what happens. That's right. <clears throat> oh, what do we got there? Bones, there's a thing out there. Why is every object we don't understand always called a thing? Thomas quoting Star Trek. There we Bush. go. So, yes, there's a thing. At some point, we will be the next Sci-Fi Channel. All right. I even have a logo ready and everything. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching Thanks, tonight live. Don't forget, if you are listening to this as a podcast, uh, if you could, if you want... It's a long one. Thank you for your patience. It is, very much. <laughs> uh, you can send us feedback. H2O at SciFiForMe.com is the, is the email address. Uh, also, don't forget, we have a discount code set up at SuperheroStuff.com, 10% off when you use the code Sci-Fi for Me 10. Uh, reminder, because we don't say this enough, if you are um, listening to us as a podcast, yes. rate and comment. Rate and comment, rate and share. Um, this is, you know, we, we did the, the, the video thing, it's, it's, there's just got an own algorithm, but so does the podcast. Uh, there are rankings. We don't expect to break into the top rankings right okay. away. Um, and but the thing is, is that it does make it easier for other people to find shows yeah. if you rate them, if you do give a comment. Um, and again, uh, just like on YouTube uh, or any other platform, the conversation is going to be so much nicer if and so much more beneficial if we actually just talk to each other in a rational. Yeah. It's okay to disagree. Be be pleasant about it. And and if you do send us an email, we will read it on the air within reason sure of course, so yeah. h2o at sci-fi for me.com if you want to give us feedback on the show mm -hmm. give us suggestions for topics i mean we're we oh, do yeah. this every week and and, and some every weeks other it's week, easy every other week we're like oh, okay what are we talking about this some week weeks it's not so uh so we're always open to that and um we'll see what happens sure so okay so now i've got to do this this button that this and button, this button. <laughs> 
And what does this button do? We're gonna go away. Shiny when red candy-like button. button. Good night, folks. <laughs> Good night. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.